We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my sweet, sweet friends. I love being in relationship with you. They are, relationships are, love is the most important part of my life. And I know as I have, I've struggled, I've suffered. I'm not going to deny that. There's been a lot of grief around relationships. But as I have cultivated a conscious relationship with my inner child and my higher self, I feel that has helped me settle in to the solid ground, to relax into this place of, of congruency and connection with myself. And therefore, I'm able to have these amazing love-based relationships and dances with others. So today I'm super excited about celebrating one of these relationships and dances. I get to have another conscious conversation with one of my all-time favorite humans and guests. I'm going to call my show today the Richard Power and Power Hour. <laughs> While my show's only a half an hour, I've been featuring Richard Power all month because this man is the keeper of way too much wisdom to pack into such a small segment of time. So if you haven't already, you may want to listen to this show, but then go back and listen to the other three shows so that you can experience more energetic support, more revelations, more ahas and epiphanies, and more empowerment. I believe epiphanies can shift and up-level our consciousness in an instant. They can transform the landscape of our inner and outer reality significantly, quickly, and with grace. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited about experiencing a few more epiphanies and revelations today. And I know you will enjoy some as well. Again, we are here with Richard Power. He's an internationally recognized and respected authority on computer crime, information security, industrial espionage, and other related subjects. Richard is currently a writer, speaker, and yoga teacher. He offers workshops, classes, and private instruction. He's the author of many, many books. Some of them include Planetary Emergence, Path of an Evolutionary, User's Guide to Human Incarnation, Yoga of Primal Reality, Human Manifesto, A Guide to Primal Reality, and An Era of Global Peril, and Between Night and Shadow and Night. We are here today talking about the Primal Reality Series, which is a significant contribution to the emerging global wisdom tradition. So, Richard Power, thank you for saying yes for a fourth show. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yes, I am so happy to be. Four is a, a powerful number, so this is wonderful. Yes, it is. It, it is a celebration and um I'm just enjoying the dance with you immensely. So um, I pulled out another quote in one of your books here, part of your Primal Reality series that I love, 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 love. You are an utterly unique point of radiant flame, not separate from the one star whose energy fuels all of life. That's nice. I have to write that down. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I think you were following your soul's um, prompting when it mm. was telling you, make art, just make art, right? create, make art. I've heard that same thing when I've listened, just create, don't worry about the details, just create, just mm. be a channel for mm. words and beauty and wisdom. So yeah, there's some really I, I, great I, stuff here. 
borrow that from from Andy Warhol said that he said uh, don't worry about uh, whether it's good or whether it's supposedly good or supposedly bad let, let the others worry about that you just make more art just go and make art and that's so true you know um make life it was so scary for me to create for so long because I thought what if it's ugly and now sure I'm like too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, it's, I have so much compassion for that girl that was so afraid to create. And, uh, now that I teach these classes, I always say it's, it's about the process, not the product. Just get out of your way and just, you know, be like a kindergartner, just create for the sake of creating, just enjoy the process. If it's ugly, you know, who cares? She she didn't know who she was, but she found out. She did. (laughs) She's having a lot more fun now. Know thyself. Sometimes it's easier said than done, but creativity is certainly a way that I have um, gotten to know myself in a deeper way. And then um, I imagine that's the case for you as well. It's like you, you write these books and then you step back and look at them and go, huh. Or I read a quote to you and you go, huh, (laughs) isn't that interesting? That's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. It's all life is a mirror. So to read to 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 have you find something and pluck it out and read it back to me is like this kind of uh, marvelous mirror that I would not have come across, you know, in my own uh, in my own uh, foraging around. It's it's your it's a mirror from your bureau, you know. So it, yeah. it has its own. It reflects it back to me in in uh, another way and. Uh, the kind of writing that you do and that I do and the kind of work that you do and that I do, you know, it doesn't, uh, the, 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 whatever truth there is in it, it doesn't come from the, uh, it doesn't come out of the process. The process comes out of the truth and, um, the words, uh, the words don't amount to something. Uh, the words flow from, something that that already is and we're just opening up to it and being uh, uh being able to uh appreciate it more that's why your mandala work is so important because mm-hmm. you're, you're drawing a mandala you're you're drawing something that you're 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 drawing for yourself a mirrored reflection of the reality that already is that you're that's a true. part of we're each we're each of the center of our mandalas our own mandalas all the time it's it's so true. And I feel um, as I have created mandalas or even my books and my writings, I, again, yeah. it's like it's a, it's a mirror. It helps me to get my to know myself in a deeper way. And it ends up being a mirror. Yeah. I, I call the mandala a, like a Polaroid of the soul because you can't really um, we can't create the beauty that, that is the soul. But we can come we can create approximations. And for right. me, that's what the mandala is. And when people, this happens all the time when I teach these classes, when people create mm-hmm. them and, and they're looking at them, sometimes they get really involved and invested and they're, they're beating themselves up about the imperfection of it. I will take the mandala and I will put a frame on it and it will step back and show it to them. And it's almost always this response. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't believe I did that. And then I will say, you didn't do it alone. God did it through you. And mm-hmm. it's helped me experience more of that in my life. Sometimes we just need to step back. Sometimes we just need some perspective. And um, step back, relax, look at this from a distance, look at it from a higher um, point of view, and you will see 
such incredible beauty, even if there's a little messiness and even if there's a mistake here and there, you know what? It's perfect and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the writing, uh, you know, your writing uh, and your teaching, uh, it, it, it's words on paper or words uh, digitally organized on a Kindle or whatever, but, <laughs> it, but it's really song. And you're still coming from your throat center, which is coming uh, from the heart up from the from the heart center open to the throat center open and out into the world like song. This kind of writing mm. is song. This kind of teaching is song, and you're sharing your song of life with the world, and the world is enriched by that, just like uh, millions of years ago or uh, tens of thousands of years ago. Uh, we we sat around a, ca a camp a fire in a cave and and told stories to each other and in the dark of the night. Well, uh, this is just a bigger uh, fire, so we can't just sing a song to a small circle of people who could hear it with their physical ears. We have to send it out in different ways. So that's that, that's so that's, true. That's this kind of writing yeah. and this kind of work. That you well, do. and I think it really is just about, it's about knowing ourselves. It's about celebrating ourselves. And you say, this is one of your quotes, and I love it. Self-discovery is vital to establishing an intimate relationship with the divine. And I think whether people consciously know it or not, that's what we're seeking. Yes. Yes, you can't, uh, you can't separate uh, the infinite from the finite or the the universal from the individual and and if if you couldn't uh, if you could uh, you you wouldn't really be happy w with the result it would be an absurd result and the universe won't allow it anyway because it would be you'd be cutting it you'd be separating it from itself uh, it, it wants you whole it wants uh, the unique experience of Tammy whole, the unique experience of all of us whole, uh, and and uh, all of and the sum of the myriad uh, individualities of, that it expresses itself as. That totality of that myriad is is the is the the universe. So it, you can't take away any any unique expression any individual expression it's all happening for a reason that we can't really understand or explain but it's right it is well and i i love the quote you know the greatest gift you can offer the world is to be authentically yourself and and that's that's something I, I've explored and experimented with and something I talk about and teach about is you know what just find your authentic shape well it's like I don't know how to do that relax mm -hmm. relax and follow your joy. Follow your joy. What what does that look like? What is fun for you? Don't don't shoot on yourself. Don't do what you should do. What where do you lose track of time? Where does what opens your heart? What makes your heart sing? Do more of that. Let that inform you. Let that create the path for you. And um, I found as I've 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 done that, it's um, wow, has life changed? It's. Um, uh, uh I love the way you say your your authentic shape. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to express it. Yeah, and what I see is like we're all a beautiful, important piece of the puzzle. And right. and, and what I've done so much in the past, and what I see people do that that are struggling and suffering so much, it's like they're contorting themselves to be other than right. 
what they are for the sake of, well, I, I, I should do this or I have to do this or these people need me or, I, you know, I, I, they're sacrificing their authentic shape to be other than that for right. um, the good of, of someone else. But I say if we right. find our authentic shape, we relax. If we like ourselves, love ourselves, line up with our soul self, we attract other people that fit naturally with us. There's no trying to put the, the round peg into the square hole. It feels like things happen with much more grace, much more naturally, much more comfortably. Yes, authentic shape. In other words, uh, uh, again, one of these cracks in the world is between form and formlessness. And if you uh, speak to most people, uh, if they've encountered mysticism or they've encountered spirituality in some way or another, uh, it, it's it's typical for them to think of uh, form as uh, as. Uh, uh, like let's say human incarnation and and formlessness as the divine you know uh like one is uh one is uh, earth and one is heaven or something like that or uh, again separateness but really a formlessness the the divine reality is both is form within formlessness and f- formlessness within form they occupy the same space you can't separate mm-hmm. the two it chooses to incarnate in in all the not only in human but in uh, everything from the algae to the stars, right? It, the universe chooses this form, these forms, and these forms, in essence, are one with the formlessness of of the all. And so, to be authentically, to be in tune with the universe, to be at one with the universe, you have to embrace. The uniqueness, the particular particularity, individuality <laughs> of of what we are. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, as I accepted that, as I <laughs> relaxed into that, um, life has started to show up really differently for me, oh, and yeah. um, it's so much more magical. <laughs> I have to say, it's heaven on it's heaven on earth. Most days of my life. Are, are really filled with um, joy and beauty. Something I want to talk about that I think is an, an important thing to discuss because it's not all just it's not all just rainbows and unicorns. Of course, there there are a lot of rainbows and unicorns. You write about and talk about, and I took a lot of notes around this about the quality of grief. And you say mm-hmm. there can be different strains, and that grief is actually sacred. And I think a lot of people, me included, mm-hmm. did everything I could to avoid grieving, to avoid feeling um, sadness, to avoid crying the tears. I didn't cry for like 15 years and I thought, oh, I'm so strong. That mm-hmm. wasn't really the truth. Because <laughs> one day the dam broke. <laughs> and um, at this point, I don't resist grief. And I think that's, um, for me, it's certainly been a healthier choice. You know, when there are tears, when something when there is loss, and we've talked about this in some of our other conversations, mm-hmm. we're going to experience loss because it's part and parcel of, of this dimension. It's, but it's, it's uh, not something to resist. It's like, I allow grief to have its way with me mm-hmm. when it shows up. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about um, your perception of grief? Yeah, so... Um... Uh, 
each of us has a relationship with grief in our life. Uh, it, it's inescapable if if we love or dare or uh, it's, it's inescapable if we live. And if we're not if we're now allowing ourselves to feel our grief, uh, then then we're 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 not only denying ourselves a part of the richness of our experience, we are also uh, uh, putting ourselves in jeopardy of becoming. Uh, it's very unhealthy not to allow oneself, one's grief, and there are all kinds of you know there are major griefs and minor griefs, there are transient griefs, uh, and uh, uh, there there are griefs that that do go away over time, and there are griefs that. Uh, are slowly dismantled uh, through the years. There are griefs that transform in, in, into their opposites. But there are also uh, dimensions of grief, kinds of grief, that really will be with us our entire life. And um, if uh, I'm this year, my literary project for this year is writing this, my, my memoirs. And, and so it's a very... Uh, it's a very challenging experience, and it brings up uh, a lot of stuff uh, that we'll talk about sometime down the road. But uh, there are some kinds of grief that never leave us, and th that's okay. Uh, it's part of our experience, and uh, they they are like um, I describe them in the book as like a, a patch of rain out on the sea. It's always raining there, and sometimes we'll have to move through that. That's uh, that patch of rain uh, on the sea of feeling. And, uh, you know, you can be cleansed in that rain and you know that it's always there and it'll always be there. Uh, and you have you develop a different relationship with it. It informs us. It allows us to be more compassionate. It allows us to appreciate the beauty of life more. It allows us to have a, a greater capacity for gratitude and compassion because yes. we know what grief really is. And that and there are some griefs that never that never leave us. And so we have to live in relationship to them. Yes. And uh, uh, they they are uh, a source. They are source a resource for us yes. in that way once we have uh, uh once we have accepted and embraced and and just the thing is to always keep moving forward yes and i believe this has been my personal experience and i believe grief can transform us it can Absolutely. expand us it can open us up and take us um, higher in our consciousness. And I know for me, for sure, that is my intention. I want to go as high as I can in my consciousness. And um, it feels like sometimes the grief has broken me open. And um, and though sometimes I'm paralyzed with it, like a friend of mine committed suicide several years back, and yes. I was utterly paralyzed. Yes. Um, but I did not resist it. I allowed myself to cry, and I cried hard and long for a, a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and I've come into acceptance. It still breaks my heart that that's the choice he made. But right. I do think it has deepened my ability um, to experience compassion and sit with others. I had a friend, a, a client recently whose um, best friend committed suicide. And before mm. he did that, he shot his wife mm. and child. And it was just this, this like, it's like, you would never wish this on anyone. We can't possibly know. Uh, the details of what was going on in this man's heart or mind of clearly he was tortured and that deserves great compassion. But 
for now we grieve and I can sit with this man as he was in this, this deep grief because I have sat in deep grief. And if I hadn't, um, I, I wouldn't be able to because it's overwhelming. But I also know there are gifts in it if we don't resist it. That's a really beautiful point that if we've had, we there, there's there's a dimension of being present for someone else, being witness for someone else, being uh, supporting someone else uh, in their grief that can only be um, that can only be granted you if you've had if you've had that experience yourself. Yes. Um, no one can understand what somebody else is going through. But if you've gone through your own uh, profound uh, uh, journey into grief, um, then, then you, you can sit there with authenticity and, and, you can, and they can feel uh, yes. that they are met. They are met in that yes, place. It's, it's simply about that. being present. Yes. So this is a quote from your book that I think is so beautiful about grief. I picked out another little nugget here. Grief nourishes the biosphere of your psyche. It replenishes the waters of your tears. It provides the salt needed for living with open eyes and an open heart. It makes laughter deeper and joy sweeter. Yes, it's so, uh, it's so easy to look back on life uh, and say, well, if I had done this or uh, if this had turned out this way, or uh, maybe if I had gone uh, to the left instead of the right at that fork, then um, it, it would be different. Well, it might, it might be different. It might be the same, but, but really we don't know anything, but this is who we are. This is where we are. And we could not have arrived here any other way other than the way that uh, we did. Yes. And so uh, grief is one of those uh, accelerators. If it comes to us, it's a curse. And it's also a, a blessing if we allow it to do its work, which mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, brutal, but also uh, powerful and also ultimately uh, uh, a healing. You know, every wound is on some level, uh, some deeper mystical level a, a, a healing of something else. And yes. so we just keep moving forward in the process. Yeah. And it really is just part of the palette of life. You know, it's sort of like I was talking to my right. friend who was going through this. I said, so it's, it's the browns and blacks of yeah. the palette of life. And, and most of us would prefer not to have that. We like the rainbow colors. Right. And he, he said, that's a, it's an interesting way of putting it. it it's not whole. It's not full. It's not complete. If we're trying to avoid or deny these colors on the palette. Yes. The part of that spec, the spectrum. It's like we need we need it all if we want to be whole, complete, authentic people. And especially I think if we want to be um, effective light workers, which I know he has committed to and I've committed to. And I know you have as well, Richard. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's it's powerful and transformative. And, you know, they say uh, it, it, uh, on the shamanic path, there's uh, you know, in some tribes, it's handed down heredit in an hereditary way. I, I don't really understand that, but I know it is. And some mm -hmm. uh, tribes, it's yes. it's kind of democratic. People are you know people are elected to be the shaman. But in some tribes, you become a shaman because of some powerful 
Uh, maybe you died and came back. Maybe you were mauled uh, by a bear. Maybe you almost died from uh, something or, or were horribly disfigured or, or had some tremendous tragedy where you lost everyone or, or some break with uh, reality for a while. And something that shattered you and remade you uh, makes you uh, the shaman by the nature of your path. And uh, that, that's one of those, uh, that's one of those uh, processes, one of the forges that we come through, come out the other side, uh, a, a shaman or a light worker or a yogi or, or whatever you want to call it. I, I also like the term the wounded healer. So often yeah, I think we exactly. experience the woundings yeah. in our lives so that we right. can be light workers and way showers for others that are going to experience um, deep hurt. Right. And it makes things make a lot more sense <laughs> in my reality. It's like, oh, okay. Right. Um, and I think it was um, Viktor Frankl that said the human spirit can endure almost any amount of suffering if they can believe that there's a reason for it, if there's meaning. And um, once I believed that, I, I – Relax and just accepted uh, my quote unquote lot in life. And I see it now as um, important and, and um, maybe even a privilege. It is a privilege. Uh, no, you know, no one can understand a veteran's experience better than a veteran. Correct. Uh, no one can understand an abused child's experience uh, like uh, someone who was abused as a child themselves. And so it is, it is a privilege. Yeah. Uh, a red badge of courage, they call it. Yes. It's like I've gotten free and now I want to light the way for others to get free. And I know that's what you're doing as well. That's what I know you're doing. <laughs> I know that's what we're doing. <laughs> and I am so honored and I can't believe this show is over. I'm so sad. I miss Link you already. Up an eye. I know. I know. Isn't this crazy? Mm -hmm. My Richard Power in Power Month. <laughs> it's coming to an end. I'm going to have to have you back. Okay, Richard, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, wordsofpower.net is my uh, blog site and also Words of Power on Twitter and Words of Power on Facebook. And you can uh, find me on all my books on Amazon. If you uh, just uh, look for Richard Power, Primal Reality or something like that, you'll find me. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your magic. You are a sorcerer, a shaman, a wise man. You are my soul sibling and I adore you completely. And same to you, my listeners. I love having this relationship with you. And what would make it even better is to hear from you, to connect with you. Please be in touch with me. You can go to TammyBPhD.com. That's spelled with an I. And uh, tell me your thoughts. Tell me your feelings. How are you? How can I support you? Get my free ebook and my guided meditation. My intention is to help you line up with your soul and live a life of heaven on earth. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.